Our kind Father in heaven, we thank you so much for the traveling mercies you've given us, for giving us the opportunity to be here to attend the second annual Amen Conference. We thank you for the ministries you've given to each of us, for the call you've given each of us into ministry. We've heard so many interesting stories just from talking with people and during the breaks and during the dinner tonight. And we know that it's a miracle that some people got here. But you've all brought us here for one purpose, to talk about sharing Christ in our practices wherever we go so we can further your, this gospel commission that you've given to us and win souls for your kingdom. May everything that's said and done here tonight and through the rest of this weekend be done to your name's honor and glory. And most of all, may Jesus Christ be uplifted in his majesty and glory. We pray in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. We're going to start with our progress notes, where we have actual physicians, dentists, with ministries in action. And each person will take a few, few minutes to share what God has done and is doing in their lives and in their ministry. We'll call now Dr. Michael Gerson up so he can share with us what God has been doing in and through his life. Come on up here. So, Michael, you are in Lincoln, Nebraska, right? Lincoln, Nebraska. At Union College. They call me a Flatlander now. <laughs> and uh, what, what is your ministry? What is, what, you are in, in disaster relief, aren't you? Correct. My ministry is actually training youth to go out for disasters and not only save physically but also spiritually. Now, how did the Lord bring you to this point? You didn't just find out that you were in this ministry there was a process of bringing you to this point, wasn't there? Yes, over many how, years. How did the Lord do that for you? Well, to make it short, I was an ER physician for 12 years, level 3 trauma center in Colorado, in southwest Colorado. And we started working with youth, and we started doing a summer program with youth. We'd bring youth into Colorado, and we'd start teaching them survival, different types of rescue, uh, and wilderness medicine. And eventually God gave us the idea to do a four-year degree, a Bachelor of Science degree in International Rescue Relief and actually disaster work. And uh, so I quit my work. My partners thought I was crazy. I was the director of the ER. And uh, when I quit, a school hadn't actually accepted this four-year degree yet. So we went and actually worked with David Gates for a little bit down in Venezuela. And then eventually Union College accepted um, this degree. And we started the degree two years ago. And we're going into our third year, and we have 114 students. Amen. And as next year will be the largest uh, division on campus. Amen. So it's really a leap in faith. I know last year you told us a story about your, your, your leap in faith and how God has, had led you, and it was tremendous. It was powerful. Yes, it still is a leap in faith for me. I still think my faith is very small. <laughs> <laughs> well, all we need is a grain of mustard seed, don't we? That's true. To move mountains, and God can do it for us. And so when these students are trained, what do they do? Where do you send them? Well, the degree is basically 42 hours is the main degree, semester hours. Mm -hmm. And we train them in all kinds of rescue. So they do low angle, the high angle rescue, swift water rescue, confined space, dive rescue. Um, and it goes on and on. We also train them in survival, and they get disaster management. Uh, we spend uh, time overseas. We spend a whole semester overseas. And right now we're with David Gates' program down in Venezuela. 
And we actually bring these EMTs, they all get their EMT degree, almost to a mid-level position. We show them how to do dental blocks, for those of you that are dentists, and we pull teeth. Mm. Matter of fact, I spent some time with an oral surgeon recently, so I could pull teeth. <laughs> um, so we pull teeth, we set fractures, we do gram stains, we look for malaria, and all kinds of fun things. And we feel like the third world training is an excellent training for disaster. As we knew, know with New Orleans, Katrina, it basically became a third world. Exactly. And so all these students then go out, and they either go into professional school or they go directly out to work for an NGO, faith-based NGO. So were you guys directly involved in the Katrina rescue and, and, and the mission down there? I would like to say we were. Um, that's okay. kind of a sore point for me, but I will tell you what happened. Katrina happened, and um, I told the staff that we needed to go down to New Orleans. Our students were ready. They had their EMT. They had rescue training already. And FEMA even asked us to come down. We were supposed to work with a Coast Guard with helicopters. Mm -hmm. And the faculty at that time said that risk management, they weren't ready to let us go down because of risk management. Mm. And so we didn't go down. We went down later for cleanup. But now we do have it all arranged so that when the next disaster hits, and we've been watching all the hurricanes come through, including Florence that just came through and missed, um, <laughs> we are ready with our students now to respond. Amen. Amen. God is indeed blessing you. Now, how do you see Amen fitting into this whole disaster relief program and being a part of, of this, this ministry? Well, what we've done is we've teamed up with ACTS, Adventist Community Team Service, a group down in Florida run by uh, Dale Bass right now and David Canther. And they go out and they do a pod. And now with the disaster relief, they call them pods, point of distribution. So when a disaster comes in, they get either the National Guard or volunteer agencies to run these big pods, and they distribute water and, water and food. And so Axe goes out and, and runs one of these pods, and they try to set it up at one of our Adventist churches. And what they desperately need is they need a medical component. We've also offered to do, to do the rescue component. So we will be looking for nurses and uh, dentists and physicians to join us for the next disaster that we have to try to run this medical component. We are now designing an emergency um, vehicle. It's a semi. It's a 54-foot semi. has two big slide-outs. Mm. And we're making it into a mobile emergency department. We also have some big tents, 60 by 100-foot tents, that we'll be seeing most of our patients in. So we'll be asking amen physicians and dentists if they would like to join us. Amen, amen. So where does your funding come from for, for programs like this? I mean, uh, Phone calls and knocking on doors. Okay, okay. Yeah, and we actually don't have funding. We've had some generous donors that have come forward, at least given us a trailer, and we're trying to raise another 60000 to finish the trailer up. And it looks like GE is going to donate a floral unit for us, too. Now, if somebody would want to donate some funds to help in this program, who, who would they contact? Uh, they can contact me at uh, Union College there or with Axe. Okay, amen. God is indeed blessing you and doing a tremendous work for you. And I think that... It gives us a sense that Amen members are active in, in ministry and working for the Lord. Yes, definitely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay. Now, Dr. Todd Guthrie. Come on up, Dr. Guthrie. Another Amen member in action here. Okay. Now, Todd, you, you have an extensive background in, in, in foreign missions, don't you? Tell, <laughs> well, us, tell us something about that. Well, from my family roots, our family spent a few years in Singapore. I was five when we left, so that was more of the uh, maybe genetic and early developmental component. But 
since I graduated from medical school in 1986 and completed my residency in 1991, mm -hmm. I've, I've always had an interested mission. I appreciated particularly Dr. Elder's ministry at Loma Linda, pointing to a focus in practice and in the hospital, praying with patients, and also Dr. Zeno, I don't see him here yet, Charles Marcel, um, at the VA hospital there, and the, the seeds were planted. Uh, I spent some time uh, in the next few years, I took several trips to Cuba, worked with the church there and some, some other uh, orthopedic surgeons who were not Adventists, but invited them uh, back to our home. They spent a couple weeks at our hospital. I've uh, been to Africa a few times, mm -hmm. uh, to the hospital in Ili Ife, and then the hospital in Rwanda once. And so I kind of have an eclectic blend of this uh, short-term mission uh, activities. But uh, it was really good to be at the Amen Conference last year because uh, I was inspired again to start to apply these principles uh, close at home. It's easy to go somewhere else in some respects and, you know, fly in, rappel down from the helicopter, do your medical work, and then fly home back to the, the family that's been waiting for you. But it's a different thing to commit yourself for the long term, and I admire the people who do that. But, now, now, but, now, what did you learn from the Amen Conference last okay, year? What, really what in, inspiration you got okay, last year the, that is helping you now? The general topics, I really appreciated. The stories of how God has taken folks and just like Dr. Durson and, and uh, you know, his practice, wrapped up his practice and headed in this new direction. Mm -hmm. And I was wondering, well, is that, is that something for me? And I, I like to have those questions raised, especially in midlife crisis. You know, you <laughs> want to know, is it a new time? Does the Lord want you to head out? Uh, what really got me thinking, though, in practical ways, uh, a couple of things. One, I appreciated so much uh, Dr. Philip Simon's messages last year. I don't know those of you who know him, but he has this book uh, that he was uh, preaching some of the message from Christ's Ways to Pray, Christ's Way to Pray. And so that was inspiring. And then my friend, Dr. Brian Schwartz, uh, cardiologist up near Kettering, was talking about how he started praying with every patient. And I must say that I've uh, also been to a couple of conferences. I see Dwayne Butcher back there, and he sponsored some conferences in North Carolina that I went to. And, and attend as many of these conferences as you can and form some locally. Get a local chapter going. I want to uh, ask each of you to pray about that because we need to pull together and inspire each other in, in whatever Amen. God can call us to do. Amen. So, uh, sorry, I'm, I'm getting around to what happened. But uh, I thought, well, look, if, if Dr. Schwartz decided to pray with his patients, I can make, that's a simple commitment. It's a step I can take. So I went home and I, I, I jumped the psychological hurdle of deciding that I would offer to pray for every patient. Every new patient would receive an offer from me to pray for them as part of their treatment plan. Now, now do you ask your patients for permission to do this? Okay. Well, what I do is I go through okay. the... I, tell, I, us how you, tell us how well, you Well, I introduce it. myself, yes. and I ask them what they're, uh, what's going on and mm -hmm. what the problem is, and I examine them, and we develop, develop a, a treatment plan uh, for them. After we've gone through the differential diagnosis, I think mm -hmm. these are the things that might help you. And here, so here's what we're going to do, boom, boom, boom. And then the last thing I do, I say, now, there's one last thing. And it depends on the body language of the patient, who they mm -hmm. are. Mm -hmm. uh, it'll be anything from, you know, I've found that over 80%, 85% of my patients appreciate prayer as part of their treatment plan. What is your preference? And, yeah, that's fine, or no, and I just make a, a note on the chart. 
and 85 to 90 percent uh, say yes. Probably 80 percent of those are excited about it. Mm, they they so much appreciate somebody being willing to do that. It's the first time I've had a doctor pray with me. I hear that over and over again. Amen. How they think it's wonderful. Now, um, the ones who don't want prayer, that's fine. I just put I have still have charts, so it's I put an NP or a P. So mm-hmm. it's pretty straightforward. You know, orthopedic surgeon. Prayer or no prayer. It's, and, uh, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so I've had, I've had one patient come back, and after his wife um, gave him the once-over, he said, well, you have to change me from no prayer to prayer because <laughs> she gave me such a hard time for saying no. And I had one fellow just this last week say, look, you know, I felt like you, know, you kind of caught me by surprise, and I really don't want, you know, I just want this to be medical. I don't want any spiritual component. I said, fine, you know, just mark mm-hmm. it down. Mm-hmm. But the people who are warm to prayer... Uh, that then opens all kinds of doors. And um, if they really like the idea of prayer, I happened to buy a case of these last year from mm-hmm. Dr. Saman, for which he was very happy, of course. But it was a practice expense because I'm sharing these with my patients. So uh, if they're very interested in prayer, I say, well, I, I have a, a book on prayer. I didn't write it, but it's very inspirational. It talks about how Christ prays with us and for us. And so I've had people uh, read this. One young lady had been out of church for six years, um, and she read the book and said, you know, after reading that book, I'm so inspired, I'm going to start attending again. So that, that was a young lady Amen. actually working at the hospital. They have a, a, a number of other resources, depending on what the needs of the patient are. How many patients smoke? A lot, right? So a little booklet from uh, Vibrant, uh, let's see, VOP publishes this, Vibrant Life, You Can Stop Smoking, a little booklet, The Healing Power of Prayer, um, some things from Glad Tidings, the lady who said yes to God, we're in a a Catholic hospital, so um, Steps to Christ, of course, they come cheap, easy. The Passion of Love, you've probably seen that. A lot of people, the Catholic priest was reading this, and, and I pray with everybody, okay? The Catholic priest loved it. The Buddhists love it. Uh, the Indians love it. Uh, they give me poems, you know, how we're brothers in faith and things yes. like that. Mount Shasta, there's an eclectic mix of people mm-hmm. in Mount Shasta, mm-hmm. so quite a broad range. Um, and, and of people who appreciate prayer. So um, a new book by Robert Wheeland, You've Been Adopted, verse by verse in, uh, in Ephesians. Great controversy, of course, for those who are interested in that. Ministry of Healing, you'd be surprised how many people really find this a good medical resource in the conventional medical realm. They read it, they say, boy, that's the best book on health I've really read. So there are a lot of opportunities to share materials. Now, it doesn't happen with everybody. I'm just, this is my resource list. Um, but then when they come back, if there's a P on their chart, it's just assumed we're going to pray together at the end of every visit. Unless there's someone, you know, unless it's awkward. I don't mm-hmm. force the issue if it's awkward. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm waiting for the inspiration of this meeting, and I'm looking forward to being inspired to now uh, take it, let the Lord take me to the, whatever the next level is. I need to be more proactive in uh, sensing the spiritual need, delving into that, and leading some people directly to Christ, um, being less of a kind of a generic influence mm-hmm. in prayer and, and somewhat more specific. We did also, uh, Dick Shearer and I uh, put on a depression seminar that Neil Nedley uh, has put together, and our community received that very well. Um, we just, on the way down this week, listened to uh, Don McIntosh uh, interviewing some folks about the CHIP program, and I know that that's an excellent resource too. So. You're going to enjoy this conference. There's lots of resources. Just pray, ask the Lord to direct you to what your next step is, and then take it. Take it in faith.
Thank you, Todd. Thank you. You've inspired us. Amen. And it's just surprising how some of these books people just love so much. I give them out of my office. I have one called Too Busy Not to Pray. And my patients just love it, you know, and they come back asking for it. They send people in, they send friends in to get the books who have not, not even patients, you know. So just try it. And I think God will inspire you at this conference to do more ministry for him. And we have Dr. Onyaka. I don't know if I pronounced that correctly, but uh, he will give us the correct pronunciation when he comes. And uh, Dr. Tom Onyaka. He's a dentist. How you doing, Tom? Dentist in where? Coldwater? Coldwater, Michigan. Coldwater, Michigan. But right now, he's a pastor. Right. And then you're going to go back to, to being a dentist and a, and a in ministry for the Lord also. Correct. So give us some background about your, your dental training and how the Lord called you to be a pastor and how he's going to take you and use you for ministry in a foreign land. Tell us about that. Okay. Well, first of all, if I tell people that I'm a pastor and I used to be a dentist, the question automatically is raised, well, tell me what happened. But, but it's a little different to explain, now that I'm a pastor, why are you going to be a dentist again? Well, I'm going to share with you as quickly as I can because there's a lot to say and I'm going to have to talk a little bit fast. Yeah, go right ahead. But what happened is from an early young age, the Lord was calling me into the ministry. My dad was saying, oh, you've you got to be a pastor. And I take those aptitude tests in academy and, and on the very top of it would be, would be a minister and, and things. And after that would be biology and science and things that I enjoyed. And, and then when we went to Africa, after I became a dentist... And we took an aptitude test. The same thing was, was at the top of it. And the Lord was kept pressing on my heart. And I said, no, I'm going to be a dentist because I wanted to live for myself. And I knew, you know, dentists don't make huge amounts of money, but they do okay. And I thought, you know, I could be a, live a comfortable life being a dentist. So when I went to Union College, I just stayed down there in Lincoln, Nebraska and went to Nebraska Dental School there. And I graduated. But the Lord, when He has a call for you, He will never let you rest. Amen. And I found that. And it was just a struggle. It was just, oh, why can't I be satisfied with this? So I thought, maybe if I become a missionary in Africa, the Lord will leave me alone. <laughs> so we went to Africa. And you know, even if you're not doing exactly what the Lord asks you, He can still train you and you can learn many lessons from it so we were in africa but yet we were not in the will of the lord completely i was still wanting to do my own thing and we we came back from africa after a year and i started working as a dentist uh in michigan and i thought well i'll just work for a while here in the in the in the prison system and find maybe a different job uh as a dentist but it turned out to be five years in the meantime the lord kept working on my heart and he laid it on my heart and says, this is not where I want you to be. You are called to go into the ministry. So I finally decided that I'd talk to the ministerial secretary and say, what would it be, uh, what would it take if, 
you know, for me to be a pastor. And he suggested that I go to Black Hills Mission College. I don't know if many of you have heard about that, but uh, I, that's where I went. And after a while, a few months after that, Michigan Conference asked me to be a pastor for them uh, in, in a, a church district, which we accepted. But then why does the Lord call a dentist that is now a pastor into dentistry again? Well, here's how it happened. After working as a, as a pastor, still working as a pastor in the Michigan Conference, I had an opportunity to go with our family to a short-term mission trip to Mexico. It was like a Maranatha trip. There's an individual from Michigan that has done this for 18 years, and last year's group, there was about 80 uh, people, most of them students and some full families that went down to Mexico. And on this mission trip, uh, he asked me, you know, we need dentists. And I thought, hey, that would be an interesting thing to do. You know, take two and a half weeks during Christmas time and go down there with the family. What a wonderful opportunity. Uh, we had dental clinics. They had VBS. They had uh, the Eight Steps, uh, the New Start program in Spanish uh, health fairs where they did all kinds of stuff. And uh, they built two churches. And this is in two and a half weeks. But what I noticed Uh, I went into two different towns. The second town I went into was a small town out in the middle of nowhere. And the pastor from that area said, I'd like you to go to this town if you would. And he sent the Bible worker, the local Bible worker, with us to the town. So we went there and started there. And my wife was with me, and she's, is sanguine the term? I don't know these terms. Sanguine, the one that likes to talk to people and visit. So she was there with us. And... I started noticing, when we first went there, they started looking at us kind of suspiciously. What's this foreigner doing here? But as my wife was visiting with them, even though she didn't speak their language, you can still visit, she was picking up the babies and and smiling. The second day, I saw how the Spirit of the Lord worked on the hearts of the people. And I saw how the barriers started coming down. The right arm of the Gospel was working. And I, it was such a thrill and a blessing to work for the Lord. And I was doing dentistry, which before I had gotten tired of because it was just dentistry. It was for myself. But doing it for the Lord, it was totally different. Amen. And now, the last day there, the people were smiling and we were joking around. And now the Bible worker from that area would go after we left and what an impact she could have because she was there with us, a local Bible worker. So then what happened, I thought, you know what? We could do this if I found a job where I could work a few months and go three times a year and do these short-term mission trips. But to cut a long story short, I'll try to make it real quick. The Lord said, there's a little bit different plan that I have for you. And I got in the mail uh, some sermons and some information about Gospel Ministries International how it called for people to lay everything on the line. Not just a few weeks, but everything. I said, Lord, do you want me to do that? And his answer was, yes, I do. So we are, as a family, and there's another family going with us who's an ordained minister who has had experience pulling piles of teeth and he's an ordained pastor, and I have some pastor experience, and I'm a dentist. We 
believe the Lord has led us together happens to be they're very good family friends of ours. And he has, the Lord has brought this team together. There is another pastor who happens to be, his wife is a nurse. And this pastor's passion is training Bible workers and evangelists. And there's a school where we're going to be based at down in Bolivia. And, and let me interject in there. Uh, I went to Black Hills Mission College. This other pastor uh, that's going down with us went to Black Hills Mission College. This other one who hasn't totally made the decision yet, but I believe the Lord is calling him. He went to Black Hills Mission College. We have a burden for souls. And we want to work for the Lord. So, have you heard of Arise in Michigan? Well, David Ashrick also went to Black Hills Mission College. And and, uh, Pastor Fleck, who's who's the pastor that's going with us, he, he said, he talked to someone, he talked to his father, and his father said, if you can get the manual from Arise, we will translate it into Spanish. So now, the right arm of the gospel, how does it work? We go down there as a dental evangelistic team. There's also a launch on a river nearby, the Beni River, that's a tributary of the Amazon. Adra owns this launch, and they can't get, get people to, to man it. And we said, well, could we use it? And you can go up this river for about a month if you want and stop at these villages. And then what you do is in this school that's been going for four years or this is the fourth year they're going, they want to start an evangelism, Bible-working training program. And we will be using Arise material to train the local students, young people, an army of young people there in Bolivia. So when the right arm of the gospel is going as the entering wedge, these local people, young people, will be spreading the gospel. Amen. So, so how, how can we get Amen involved in this whole program, what, what can we do as members of AMEN to integrate with this program? Well, I'm glad you asked that because just recently I have gotten to know what AMEN is all about and I've wondered how could we staff this launch? What if AMEN has a database of doctors and dentists that are willing to work for maybe two or three weeks out of a year? Would you be interested in going on a launch up a river, and being the right arm of the gospel? I believe the answer is yes. There would be many people that would commit to two, three, maybe even four weeks a year. While we are down there doing the work, we can have some preparation done, and you come down there, and and you travel with the launch. It holds about 16 people, and then there would be medical and dental program right on the launch. But we have just started. We have purchased, or we have stepped out in faith and put down the down payment on an airplane. We're taking some flight training because in Bolivia, you pretty well have to travel by air and we will be flying to to remote villages and there's going to be medical dental aviation program. It's going to continue to grow. This launch program is going to continue to grow. I believe the Lord's fingerprint is in all of this work. And he's just opened it up and there's a lot of miracles. Uh, I can tell you a little more detail. I'm going to be at the the booth with uh, Dr. Fleck uh, whenever the booths are open, I'll try to be there. And if any of you want to talk and visit and pray together, uh, I'd be happy to answer any questions that you might have. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Tom. Yeah. God is... God is indeed using the right arm, isn't he? To do a mighty work through all of these physicians, dentists, 
and members of Amen. So let's pray that God will continue to use us wherever he may choose to spread the three angels' message for him.